the day 330 of Shape by the Word, season three. Welcome back, everyone. Here with uh, Katie and Matt, and we're continuing on uh, in Ezekiel. We're coming close to the end of Ezekiel, and as we left off last week, we saw the, you know, the glory of the Lord returning to the temple, which was a, a huge encouragement um, after the exile and after so much has gone on to see the Lord returning back to his, te- his, his temple is just a great reminder of his covenant faithfulness and his, mm-hmm. his love for the people. But even still, we, we know that, and this is laid out in so many of the covenants in the Old Testament, that there's the blessings and curses that come with the covenants. And as some of the people of Israel now are experiencing some of the curses of their unfaithfulness. And so even as they return to the temple, you know, the Levitical priests were often those who would serve in the temple, but we're going to see even though some of the Levitical priests were unfaithful, there was this this group of priests who were faithful um, even throughout the exile, and they're invited back in to serve. And and so we'll see some of the requirements that they have to meet um, as they do serve in the temple today. And so we'll continue on um, in Ezekiel with the second half of chapter 44. Um, But before we do read... Um, as always, let's take a few moments to, to pray, to invite the Lord to, to meet us as we encounter His Word, um, to encourage us, and to help us see more and more of Jesus. And so before we do read, Katie, do you mind praying for us? Not at all. Father, thank you for your Word. Um, we always want to have just a thankful heart that you have chosen to reveal yourself to us and Thank you for the book of Ezekiel as we come to the end of it. Um, we we praise you that you um, are a God who has made a way to be with your people. You've, you're a God who have has displayed your power um, and your authority over creation. And so, Father, would you use this time, would you meet us where we are and use this time to um, encourage our hearts and to convict our hearts, to transform us and to, sh- to shape us, Lord, into the likeness of your son. Um, we, we give you this time. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So picking up kind of halfway in uh, chapter 44, we've seen that some of those priests who went far away from Israel, who strayed, who chased after idols, um, they can serve in, in minor ways in the temple, but we're going to see the, those priests who were invited in to carry out the sacrifices for the people. And we'll start in, in verse 15. But the Levitical priests who are descendants of Zadok and who guarded my sanctuary when the Israelites went astray from me are to come near to minister before me. They are to stand before me to offer sacrifices of fat and blood, declares the sovereign Lord. They alone are to enter my sanctuary. They alone are to come near my table to minister before me and serve my guards. When they enter the gates of the inner court, They are to wear linen clothes. They must not wear any woolen garment while ministering at the gate of the inner court or inside the temple. They are to wear linen turbans on their heads and linen undergarments under their waists. They must not wear anything that makes them perspire. Um, When they go out into the outer court where the people are, they are to take off the clothes that they have been ministering in, and they are to leave them in the sacred rooms and put on other clothes so that the people are not so that the people are not consecrated through contact with their garments they must not shave their heads or let their hair grow long but they are to keep their hair um, of their heads trimmed 
No priest is to drink wine when he enters the inner courts. They must not marry widows or divorced women. They may marry only virgins of Israel, descendant or widows of priests. They are to teach my people the difference between the holy and the common and show them how to distinguish between the clean, the unclean and the clean. If they dispute, in any dispute, the priests are to serve as judges and decide it according to my ordinances. They are to keep my laws and my decrees for all my appointed festivals, and they are to keep my Sabbath holy. A priest must not defile himself by going near a dead person. However, if the dead person was his father or mother, son or daughter, brother or unmarried sister, then he may defile himself. After he is cleansed, he must wait seven days. On the day he goes into the inner court of the sanctuary to minister in my sanctuary, he is to offer a sin offering for himself, declares the sovereign Lord. I am to be the only inheritance the priests have. You are to give them no possession in Israel. I will be their possession. They will eat the grain offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings, and everything in Israel devoted to the Lord will belong to them. The best of all the first fruits and of all your special gifts will belong to the priests. You are to give them the first portion of your ground meal so that a blessing may rest on your household. The priest must not eat anything, whether bird or animal, found dead or torn by wild animals. So no roadkill <laughs> for the ending. priests, <laughs> which I think is just good, regular, standard advice for all of us. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but no, we get to see the invitation of the priests, not just to, to offer these sacrifices and, and to kind of represent and maybe those people between the people and God, but also is that invitation for them to, to use their lives as an example of, of holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we see even that, you know, even today as ministers and pastors and those called to serve and lead the church, they're called as well to be that kind of example of holiness to the people, what it looks like to serve the Lord, follow the Lord. And obviously our ultimate priest, Christ, was the ultimate example of that. Mm-hmm. And so we don't just like follow the example of these priests, but of Christ, the the, the greatest priest we've had. And so mm-hmm. as you guys are kind of looking at the end of 44, I know some of these passages are a little more difficult to to riff on for a long period of time, but... <laughs> As you're looking at it, where are some things standing out to you guys? A couple of things struck me. Firstly, just how neat it is that, that God recognizes the um, sacrifice he's asking of the priests. Um, and he, he, I mean, in the, towards the end of the chapter, instructs the Israelites to give the, the first fruits of all their special gifts to the priests. So he, so he sees that they are, they're devoting their lives and he wants um, them to be held up by, by the people. And I think that's really a beautiful picture. Um, Also just, I think for me, I read these passages and, and I, part of me wonders why, why couldn't God have just said, pointed back to the law and the law of Moses and said, this is what the people need to do. Um, But, God met them where they were in their own context and um, gave them instruction according to the context that they were in. And I think that's a really gracious thing that he did um, instead of just saying, hey, you just need to go back and follow exactly what I told them back then. He gave them instructions that were specific to where they were and what they had been through as a people. So 
I th- I, that's one thing that I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the interesting things, uh, especially as we've been reading Ezekiel 40 through 48, um, is, is this idea that God is, Ezekiel sees this vision um, of the, the future restoration that is to come, and it's communicated to the people who are in exile in a way that they're familiar with, in a way that would bring a, a tremendous amount of hope to them. So um, here we get the priesthood being restored and you know, the things that the priests are called to do. And, and one of the things that's interesting is verse 23, they're there to teach my people the difference between the holy and the common, to show them how to distinguish between the unclean and the clean. You know, but a lot of times we can think of the priesthood just being a, um, you know, a group of people who make sacrifices and, you know, and, and then you later on in the life of Israel, just a really a corrupt mm-hmm. people or that, you know, that, aren't doing what the Lord has called them to do. But here in the restoration, they're called to teach people the difference between what is holy and and uh, common, to teach people how to distinguish by the way they live uh, what is unclean and clean. And so just seeing that, being, or maybe that reminder mm-hmm. for us of, of that differenti- differentiation between that which is holy and that which is common. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the priests in, in the restored priesthood, you know, demonstrate to us, you know, what that looks like. What are the things of God and, and what are those things that are common? Um, but we're seeing, again, God's concern for his people, God's concern for his holiness, um, you know, and God's care for his people as well. So why do y'all think that he didn't want them to perspire? Because in my notes, it says that the whole linen versus wool thing is because linen breathes. Linen breathes. And so I thought it was like more like it's a better material, like as far as just kind of nicer for the holiness aspect, but um, no, it's just that linen breathes. So what is it about the, do y'all have any thoughts on that or like guesses? I mean, what I read is just when, when they, when they sweat, especially when they're doing these duties, it just makes them unclean. Yeah. And so the, the clothes were probably white, which is that purity and that holiness. And mm-hmm. so that wanted to be something that's maintained yeah. as they, as they serve the people. Yeah. That's good. Plus they take them off there. So who cleans them? <laughs> just kidding. Just I don't know. <laughs> I know we don't want to end on no, that. No, it, it is cool because obviously the Lord does care a lot about holiness and we hear the word holiness and automatically I think a lot of us think of just like, oh, super religious uptight people who are mm-hmm. real moral. They're they're kind of mean. They have a sharp edge to them. They're not fun to hang out with. Don't invite them to your parties, that type of thing. <laughs> um, but holiness is that aspect of the Lord that it's because of our lack of holiness that we can't be near him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, because of Jesus, um, we, we can enter in not Mm -hmm. because of us wearing linen clothes and not sweating and, (laughs) you know, things like that, but because of what he's done for us. And so, yeah, there are all all these little interesting images, sometimes unique passages, Mm -hmm. but when you kind of zoom out, they are very helpful in reminding us that holiness is required to come to the presence of, of the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm we can't do that in and of ourselves. Even these priests are coming in, they're offering sacrifices for themselves, you mm-hmm. know, like, well, let me give you a few for my sins. Cause you know, so even they're entering in and, and, and they're entering in as sinful people. Mm-hmm. Yet they took the sinless man, Jesus to, to enter in to humanity in our place for us that we can be restored back mm-hmm. to God. And so a lot in here, fun to read, um, but let me uh, pray for us as we close out. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the reminders of of your faithfulness to your people, how you are the one that comes in and you are the one that restores everything we've lost, um, even when we are unfaithful.
So thank you for the promises you've given us um, and how they find their answer in Christ Jesus. And we pray this all in his name. Amen. Amen.